Why was his heart racing? Why were his fingertips cold? Why was his entire body buzzing with the urge to leap to his feet and run? It was only Matsuri, after all. It was only the same young woman who made him feel whole, whose laugh warmed him and whose smile charmed him. Why was it that a few photographs of the page of writing could change him to the point that she became like Medusa, turning the blood in his veins to stone? You don't have to look so afraid of me, Matsuri said. Her words were heavy with hurt. Karamatsu forced himself to speak. I... it, it was an accident. I knocked it over and it made an awful sound, so I thought something might have broken and... He felt for the picture frame and presented it to Matsuri. He couldn't stop his fingers from trembling. I broke this. I'm sorry. Matsuri smiled, but it was the sort of expression you'd see on the face of someone who was desperately holding back tears. You really are too sweet, you know, she said. Her voice was tiny and strained, and her smile disappeared as she continued. Isn't there something else you want to say? There's no point in holding back for my sake. Karamatsu swallowed. There was something else he wanted to say, but he wasn't sure he actually wanted to hear the response. How long have you been doing this? Matsuri took a breath, clenched the bottom of her shirt in her hands, and replied, Since a little before the day you came to the hundred yen store and bought those sunglasses. A little, he repeated, remembering the date in the notebook. As in weeks? Months? Closer to months. Karamatsu stared, gaping. All this time, Matsuri had been watching him, photographing him, taking notes on when he left his house and where he went. He hadn't noticed anything, hadn't suspected anything, hadn't even felt the slightest bit uncomfortable. He shook his head slowly in disbelief. Why? I just wanted to know about you, Matsuri said. I don't know what started it. Maybe it was just normal curiosity that got out of hand. She wilted and shrank into herself. It's creepy, isn't it? It's no wonder you're afraid. This is why I tried to keep my distance. Karamatsu fought back to the picnic date. So when you said you thought we shouldn't meet any more... I wanted to cut myself off from you. And when you said that people who get close to you get hurt... It was a bluff, she admitted. But it didn't work. Not for you or for me. I've never been very good at holding back. I kept telling myself, just once more, just once more. But every time, you were so kind that it was hypnotising. I just couldn't look away. Karamatsu's adrenaline had gradually faded and he was left feeling tired and shell-shocked. He exhaled a long breath and ran his fingers through his hair. Then why the date? She fiddled awkwardly with her fingers. Like I said, I'm not very good at holding back. I knew I needed to turn you down, but I couldn't work out the will to... Wait, wait, Karamatsu interrupted. Turn me down? But you asked me out. Matsuri's expression of regret lifted into one of confusion. Tony Matsukun asked on your behalf, right? Totally did what? Oh, you didn't know? Matsuri blinked. He came to the hundred yen store dressed like you and asked if I'd like to go on a picnic. I could tell from how he acted and spoke that it wasn't actually you. And I thought maybe you asked him to do it because you were too shy to do it yourself. Karamatsu should have been feeling any number of things. Uneasy that Matsuri had known about his brothers since long before he introduced them. Chilled that she knew his behaviour well enough to distinguish him from Todematsu, even when the latter was pointedly trying to act like him. Worried that she knew enough about Todematsu to tell that it was him pulling the act. But the emotion that presided over everything else was mostly... amazement. Todematsu had done something like that? For the sake of getting Karamatsu a date? 
That was extremely difficult to believe. Maybe his brothers were actually more invested in his happiness than they made themselves out to be? It was a shame that this was what their kindness had resulted in. Karamatskan? He realised that he'd gone silent and shook his head. Please let me think about this for a while, he requested. I'll help you finish moving, of course. Oh no, I couldn't possibly ask you to... I want to. So saying, he grasped the box that he'd been carrying before this whole debacle occurred and passed Matsuri, exiting the apartment through the door that had been propped open. Somehow, it felt significantly heavier than when he'd lifted it earlier. The image of that box's contents burned in his memory. He just couldn't take hold of his feelings. Each time he dipped in his hand, they sifted through his fingers like spilling water, returning to the stormy sea churning in his spirit, muddling together discordantly. Feelings of love, feelings of fear. How could they be so difficult to tell apart from one another? He slid the box onto the bed of the truck and gazed up at the sky. But she hadn't hurt him. Truly, Karamatsu couldn't imagine Matsuri ever harming him. She was sweet, gentle and amiable. None of that had ever stricken him as an act. She always seemed to appreciate him as a person, and if her hobby was anything to judge by, those feelings were probably genuine. He returned to the apartment to fetch another box. Passing Matsuri as he did, she avoided eye contact. Somewhat abruptly, Karamatsu found himself wondering if he wasn't overreacting a bit. What was this but an expression of love? No, Karamatsu, this is an invasion of privacy. She just wanted to know more about him. He wanted to know more about her, too. What was so wrong about that? No, Karamatsu, this is illegal. Should he not feel honoured to be so treasured by someone? No, Karamatsu, this is stalking. He knew. Of course he knew. How couldn't he know? Even Karamatsu wasn't so much of a narcissist that he couldn't tell what constituted an inappropriate amount of attention. Even Karamatsu knew that there were limits to how much you should admire someone. He pushed a large box onto the truck bed, folded his arms on top of it, and buried his face therein. So why was it so hard to imagine letting go? That familiar tightness constricted his chest. This, too, was a question that he knew the answer to. Are you okay? Did you get hurt? Karamatsu raised his head to shake it and dismiss Matri's concern, but before he could speak, a look of heartbreak crossed her features. Karamatsu was confused until he felt the wetness of tears riding his eyelids. I- I'm sorry, Matsuri stammered. She took a step back and knelt on the ground, leaning over until her forehead touched the pavement. I'm so sorry! I'm so sorry! Karamatsu's eyes went wide and he quickly crouched, hooking his hand around Matsuri's arm to encourage her to rise. Stop, stop! You've got the wrong idea! I wasn't... it's not... Matsuri straightened her back so that she was sitting. She bit her lip, but if her goal was to hold back her own tears, she had decidedly failed. I'm sorry! She wailed. I never wanted to make you cry! If I could take it back! I said you've got the wrong idea! Karamatsu insisted, reaching forward to rub the tears from her cheek with the heel of his hand. Don't talk about taking it back. These last few months have been so precious to me that I can't even put it into words. I wouldn't trade them for the world. You're lying, she accused. I'm not. I don't... I don't want to go back to the way things were before, speaking into a vacuum half the time and being criticised the other half. I don't... He paused and clenched his hands into loose fists. I don't want to go back to being lonely. Matsuri shook her head and dried her eyes. Even though I was taking all those photos? 
I can do without the photos, admittedly. Matsuri's shoulders sank, and her tears threatened to start anew. Oh no, don't cry! Karamatsu fussed and hovered for a moment before he was struck by an idea. It kind of turned his stomach, but he shook the feeling and stood, taking Matsuri's wrist and encouraging her to do the same. Hey, why don't we take a break and have lunch? She looked at him questioningly as she climbed to her feet. Now? Karamatsu summoned a smile. I skipped breakfast, so I'm actually pretty hungry. Oh, then of course. They returned to the nearly empty apartment, and Karamatsu extracted the lunch boxes from his bag. He wasn't hungry at all. He was uneasy. He felt sick. Karamatsu wasn't used to being indecisive, to not knowing what answer dwelled within his heart, deep under all the layers of uncertainty. Or maybe he did know his answer, but he was afraid to face it. I guess you already know that I've been practising cooking lately, Karamatsu said as Matsuri opened the lid on her box. She nodded meekly. Do you know why? She paused and lifted her gaze from the colourful array of properly cooked food items. Don't be hasty, Karamatsu. It's not too late, Karamatsu. Are you really sure about this, Karamatsu? It's fine. I wanted to make something that... You know, something that... Karamatsu ducked his head, scratched the back of his neck, and then drew in a deep breath, and pretended to adjust an invisible pair of sunglasses on his face. Huh. I couldn't bear to present an angel such as yourself with such an unsightly display again. Perish the fort. And so I train these hands of mine, he gestured with an elegant flourish. In preparation for this day, my beloved Matsuri-chan, please accept the flavour of this earthly ambrosia as representative of my feelings towards you. Matsuri's hand was poised halfway to her mouth, a rolled omelette clamped between her chopsticks. She stared with her dark eyes wide and damp. I don't understand. Karamatsu's persona fell away. He frowned, fought and fidgeted, before ultimately turning his back to Matsuri and drawing in a breath to speak. Don't. Don't do it. Don't say it. And go back to being ignored? I mean, I wanted to tell you that I love you, and I want you to smile, and I want to make you smile, and I want to stay by your side. He pressed his lips together and held his breath. Ah, oh. a long pause. You're joking. There's no way you'd love a stalker. It's creepy, it's scary, it's gross. Karamatsu turned to face her fully, shaking his head as he did. Don't say things like that about yourself. Look, the whole reason for all of it was that you wanted to know more about me, right? So from now on, if there's something you want to know, you only have to ask me. I'll answer anything. As for the pictures, I don't mind if you take them when we're together. But taking them through windows or from far away is strictly off-limits, okay? And don't take pictures of my brothers without them knowing, either. Matsuri's eyes filled with tears all over again. You'd really forgive someone like me. I'm moving into your neighbourhood, you know. I chose that place specifically because it's close to your house. Isn't that creepy? It's not too late. It's not too late. He called up a smile from as deep within his heart as he could reach. And what's wrong with that? Of course I'd be happy to live close to my girlfriend. And with that, there was no going back. Karamatsu, like the rest of his brothers, had been anticipating his first significant other basically since the onset of puberty. But now that that momentous occasion was finally upon him, he couldn't muster the will to celebrate it. He couldn't share in Matsuri's tearful joy. He was anxious. 
Karamazzi's return home was much, much shorter than the morning commute had been, and he was left with excruciatingly little time to ponder how he could go about forgetting that cold fear that had washed over him that morning, or the sight of the photographs piled up in that box, or the contents of that notebook. The amnesia thing was still an option, he supposed. He wondered if Ichimatsu still had that heavy object lying around. Karamatsu sullenly slid open the front door and gave his usual greeting. I'm home. Before he'd even finished removing his shoes, the door at the end of the hallway scooted aside until there was a gap of a few inches. Otimatsu peered through, visibly suspicious. Welcome home, he droned. So, how did it go? Your date? Great, until I found out that she'd been watching us all sleep for the past few months. Karamatsu gritted his teeth. That was no way to think of the woman who had just become his girlfriend. Their relationship wasn't completely delegitimised just because... Just because... It went swimmingly, of course, Karamatsu replied, his tone deliberate and serene. He kicked off his other shoe and pulled the door open the rest of the way, stepping over Osimatsu's hunched body. His leisurely pace slowed to a stop in the hallway. Oh, by the way... There was no point in trying to keep secrets from those brothers of his, after all. It seems that Matsuri-chan and I have begun dating. No! Karamatsu jumped at the four-part chorus of despair that erupted from the main room. Osimatsu leapt to his feet. Yes! He stomped over to the door and yanked it open, pointing to each of the younger four. Ha-ha! Pay up, suckers! Karamatsu gaped. Uh, were you all possibly betting on... You bet your sparkly ass we were! Osimatsu confirmed, and good old Big Bro here was the only one who had your back. Don't let him fool you, Chiramatsu said. Osimatsu Nisan didn't think you could do it either, but since he kept insisting that we should make a bet out of it, we made him switch sides so there'd actually be a reason to have a bet. Osimatsu pursed his lips and folded his hands behind his head. Pfft, details. Karamatsu shook his head and gave an honest attempt at anger, or even just exasperation, but in the end he could only laugh. Even this mere shred of normalcy was a more than welcome addition to an otherwise exhausting day. But it would be fine. It would be fine. If he believed that with all his heart, it would surely come true.